the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. And that's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we continue in this series called Do-Over with a message called A Financial Do-Over. Pastor Sean wants to challenge you today. Question your contentment knowing that the wages of spend is debt. This is Real Life Radio. We have the power to choose contentment over consumerism. Because Paul said, I'm content no matter what situation I find myself in. You, you need to understand how, uh, how anti and counterculture this idea of contentment is in this society of ours. Like I said, on a national level, we can't say no. On a personal level, we can't say no. But this is a biblical instruction. I have to tell you, the biblical center when it comes to finances is contentment. Some people say, no, no, you're supposed to be rich because you're a king's kid. You're a child of the king. And they'll preach at you and say how you're all supposed to be rich. A lot of unfortunate evil has been done in the name of that doctrine. Okay? And it really doesn't make sense. You see in the New Testament, Peter going up to the temple, guy asks him for money. He says, silver and gold have I none. Well, first of all, I'm supposed to be rich. Why wasn't Peter rich? Yeah, no, biblically, you can't defend the idea we're all supposed to be rich. But then others will say, well, no, we're all supposed to be poor. Well, that's not true either. No, the biblical center is contentment. Hebrews 13, 5, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Because of Father, because He's your provider, because He's there, you can be content. And what that means is He wants to bless you abundantly, richly, extravagantly, no matter how much or how little you have in the bank. Wait a minute, can God do that? Stop and pause on the God part for a moment. He's God. Yes, yes, He can. He can bless you no matter how much. You, 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 well, with my salary, my... No, no, when you understand the gift of contentment, you, you need to know that you just became rich. You're a rich person. When you're content, you're rich. Because you're like, I got plenty. I got enough. You know, it's like, I just had a big meal. I'm stuffed. Oh, couldn't eat another bite. No, no, please, oh, pass that on. I, I'm full. That's what contentment means. I have plenty. And I understand in our culture, when everybody's buying more, buying bigger, there's a new device, new gadget, new something every six months that you've got to have. It's hard. But when you stop and realize we in this room are top 10% in the world, top 10% in the world when it comes to wealth, how much we have, you start stopping and think, oh, contentment would change everything. Powerful biblical thing. That's what Paul's talking about. And when, when I'm content, I don't have to take my life and my direction out of God's hands so I can get more. I stop the pursuit of more. When you're content, you're rich. And also th- imagine how contentment will help us with the runaway debt problem. Stop and think about it. I wouldn't have to borrow all the time. I wouldn't have to, oh, I got to have that, but I don't have the money. Okay, but I got the card. Thank you, Lord, for providing this card. Look at God's provide. Nervous laughter. <laughs> 
It's okay. We can laugh about it a little bit. We understand. I'm just saying God wants to, has to do something really different. God wants to set us free, and we've got to get it. And it begins with this issue of contentment. That's what Paul is talking about. Your financial do-over isn't found in a new plan. It's found in a new provider. God, our provider. Second, choose faith over fear. He said, I can do all this. Another translation says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. All things. I'm empowered. I don't have to be afraid. Do you know how many money mistakes are made because of fear? Like almost all of them. But if I don't, then I won't. If I give that away, then I won't. But if I don't take this opportunity, this get-rich-quick scheme, then I might miss. Think of all the fear and the anxiety that leads to stupid money mistakes. And what Paul is saying, I don't have to be afraid. I'm content. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I'm empowered. Choose faith over fear. And you've got to decide what you believe right now about this. Because that's what, that's what faith means. I believe it so significantly, so powerfully that I'm going to act on it. Because it's true. That's what faith means. Jesus, his beautiful deal on finances. I w- wish I could cover the whole thing. I can't this morning. But Matthew chapter 6. Just read it. Read the last part of Matthew 6 where Jesus talks about money. But you remember he paints a beautiful picture. He says, why do you worry? Why are you so stressed about money? He says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or plant or store up Mars. He says, but Father feeds them completely. He takes care of them. He says, look, look at the flowers in the field. He says, they're beautiful. Even Solomon in all his splendor with all his wealth wasn't as arrayed as beautifully as these. He said, why do you worry about food and clothes? Father knows what you need. Now, listen where he actually says that. Verse 31 through 34, he says, Do not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink? What will we wear? For the pagans, meaning the unbelievers, the people who don't know God, the people who don't see God as their provider, they run after these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. God's not sitting saying you don't need it. No, God is ultimately practical. But he's just saying, you've got to believe this. And then verse 33 says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What things? Food, clothes, the stuff that we need. Therefore, do not worry for tom- about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be worried about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do you realize the burden that is supposed to be lifting off of you right now? Can you feel that burden lifting? I hope you are feeling a burden lift as you go, I don't have to be afraid. God promised to meet my needs. I, don't, I, don't have to, I am secure. I am whole. I am complete in Him. And i got to make a decision. Do I trust my Father's intentions for me? Do I believe what the Word says? Do I trust Him? His intentions? Do I trust His ability to provide? Because sometimes we go, oh, I know God's good, I know, but th- that's good. And in my spiritual needs and relational stuff, Pastor, that's cool. But when it comes down to my money, my livelihood, my family, yeah, I gotta, somebody's got to be practical here. Right? We can't all live, you know, up in the sky. We gotta, we're down to earth here. And what we're basically saying is I don't believe what God's Word says about His ability to do it. It's like, I love the old story of the guy who fell off of a cliff and he's hanging on a branch yelling, help, is anybody up there? Is anyone there? Voice calls down, yes. Yes, I'm here. Well, who's that? It's the Lord. Lord, help me. Do you trust me? Completely, Lord, I totally trust you. Good, let go of the branch. What? I said, let go of the branch. Is anyone else up there? Anyone at all? I mean, that's exactly how we respond. It's like, it, 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 that's, how, that's how we do it. It's, oh God, I trust you, I believe in you, until you tell me to do something that doesn't make perfect sense in my little mindset. I know you're God, the creator of all things, but what you're saying now seems hard for me to believe or understand. 
God says, yeah, that's why I'm God and you're not. Trust me. We trust him until he tells us something that we don't like. Isaiah 41.10 says, do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So many of our money mistakes occur because we don't believe that. I want to challenge you this morning. Stop acting, planning, and responding in fear as though God is not willing or able to be your provider. Your financial do-over isn't found in a new plan. It's found in a new provider. Third thing, third choice we can make. Choose giving over greed. Choose giving over greed. And Paul is commending these people on giving. He says, it's not the gift that I seek. It's but that more would be credited to your account. Do you know... God wants to not only bless others as we have an open hand and give and note that God can bless an open hand. He can put things in an open hand. He can't really do much with a tight fist. Paul says we have an account and that when we give, something is put in our account. Do you realize how powerful that is? Ephesians 4.28 says, He who's been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands. Why? That he may have something to share with those in need. God wants to bless your work. He wants to bless you so much that all your needs are met. And not only that, you have enough to share, to give. You know those things in your heart that you've wanted to be a part of giving to? God says, I want to provide enough for you to do that. God is not stingy. Didn't Jesus say, give and it'll be given to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over? John Wesley had a great saying. He said, earn all you can, save all you can, give all you can. When it comes to money, earn all you can, work hard. You should earn. Find the work that God has called you to do. Do it with all your strength. Earn all you can. But then he says, save all you can. And that's where we've got to leave with one of our American assumptions. Here's our assumption. It's not just American. I think it's around the world. And that assumption is if I earn it, it's mine and I'm entitled to consume it. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to challenge that assumption. I think that's a broken assumption. Just because we earn it doesn't mean we have the right to consume it because we are walking a discipleship journey with father and we got to earn all we can but we got to save all we can because here's where the good part comes then i can give all that i can you need to understand all three of these are required for you to be a giver if you want to make a difference you want your money to have purpose you want to make a difference in the world all three of those earn save or you'll never have anything to give and then give and see if god doesn't bless you Jesus made this statement, don't store up treasures here on earth where moth and rust destroy, thieves break in and steal, but lay up treasure for yourself in heaven. In other words, you can't take it with you. We just know empirically that's true, right? You can't take it with you. Those caskets are amazingly slender. There's no room for anything in there. We're going to leave it all. But what Jesus is telling us, what the Apostle Paul is telling us, you have an account in heaven. You can't take it with you, but what you can do is send it ahead. It's a very powerful understanding when you understand the spiritual, the holistic dynamic of who we are in Christ and the spirit realm and this idea that my resources, I can't take them physically with me, but I can do something that invests in things that are eternal and I can literally lay up treasure in heaven, Jesus says. Financial do-over isn't found in a new plan, it's found in a new provider. We want to take a quick minute to remind you, you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Do-Over. And if you'd like to hear this full, unedited message, it's available right now as a free download at the River City website called reallife.org. Just look for the sermon link. 
And if you think you'd like to come visit River City, well, here's an invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9 and 11. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome back as we return to this message called A Financial Do-Over. This is Real Life Radio. The fourth choice, choose stewardship over ownership. Choose stewardship over ownership. My God will supply all your needs according to His glorious riches. Do you understand God has riches? And this is what we've got to decide. We've got to recognize that whole idea of you can't take it with you. We come in with nothing. Naked I came in. Naked I go. That's what Job said. Uh, It it just is what it is. This is empirical truth. God owns it all. It was here before and it will be here after us. Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's, everything in it, the world and all who live in it. This burden of ownership, trying to grab it, keep it, store it up, was never supposed to be ours. And it's fallacial. We're going to leave it. It's a broken assumption, broken system. That's why we talk about choose stewardship over ownership. And in this idea of stewardship, the Bible gives us the stewardship covenant of the tithe. You remember last week when Jacob had his name changed and God called him and said, I'm going to do something with you. What Jacob made a promise to God. You will be my God, and I will give you a tenth of everything that I have. This is a biblical covenant. He learned that from his father, his grandfather Abraham. Abraham, when he became God's man, tithed of everything that he had. The tithe is the giving of a tenth of what you have. Recognizing it's all God. 100% is God's. I'm God's, right? You're God's, right? So everything you have is God's. We understand that. But the tithe is a tangible expression that God has asked for. A tenth be given. That's not, a, that's, that's not a, a maximum. Let me just tell you, that's where it starts. The idea that, God, I'm going to give a tenth back to you of yours because you asked for it, this idea of the tithe. And it is a regular reminder of this idea, I'm a steward of all this. I'm not the owner. One day it'll leave, be left to another. I'm a steward. I'm caring for something in the name of my Father. I possess what He owns. I earn, but He's the one who enables It's a tangible expression every time I get paid of the dependence of the Lord. It's a making of a covenant of provision. God, you're my provider. It's not law. Some people go, well, that's Old Testament, that's law. They are wrong. It is not. It was before the law. Both Abraham and Jacob were before the law. Yeah, but the New Testament abolished the tithe. (laughs) Show me that. I'd be very interested to see that. No, it didn't. Jesus had the opportunity to. He didn't. The Apostle Paul taught. He didn't use that exact word. He used the idea of proportional giving. The New Testament church, many times they sold everything they had and they laid it at the apostles' feet and it was distributed for the needs of the body and the ministry of their body. But this idea has been carried on. I'm just saying so many people are missing out on an incredible blessing because of fear. I've challenged, every time I talk about this, I challenge, try it for three months and see what God does. See what he does. Try it. Because the promise is he will do more with 90%. This is what he promises in scripture. I will bless you more with the 90%. 
and you'll be able to meet your needs. You'll be able to give other places. You'll be able to follow your heart. I will do more with the 90% than you could do with the 100%. Do you believe God can do that? And this is, this is a total faith journey here. Every person I know who is tithe, who is a tither, man, you can't shut them up about it. They are fans. They come up and tell me their stories. Oh, let me tell you what God did. I didn't used to, but now I do. Because they begin to see in this most practical area of how we meet our needs, this interactive, actual, every day, every week, relationship with the Lord. And they see God and their faith is built in a different way. Malachi 3, 8 through 12, such powerful promise. God's talking to the prophet, to his people. He says, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. You ask, how do we rob you? In tithes and offerings, he says, you're robbing me. He says, you're under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I'll not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you'll not have enough room for it. If you think God's stingy, you think he's trying to take from you, listen to that language. Throw open floodgates of heaven. It's almost careless, so abundant. So you won't have enough room, so much blessing, you won't have room for it. You'll be like, stop, God, I'm full, please, pass it on to someone else. And God goes, now you're getting it. Now you're, now you're understanding me. I'm looking for people to bless that kind of way. People who are so full of my presence, my blessing, and my spirit that they now become a conduit through which I can be a blessing to the world, to the dry and arid world around. Not only that, he says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your field will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations of all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land says the lord almighty he promises to bless you so much more with 90 percent than you could do on your own with 100 percent. see i see the tithe as a regular covenant statement uh, it says three things it says what i believe god i believe you're my provider i believe it's all yours and i believe lord you can care for me better than i can care for myself it says where i belong the tithe belongs in the ministry that you are a part of. They use the phrase storehouse here in the New Testament. They gave it to the leaders of their fellowships. It belongs for the mission kingdom of this fellowship. If, you're, if this is your church, your tithe should be here. You can give other offerings and gifts outside of that. But your tithe belongs to your local fellowship. And you might go, oh, see, now why would I do that? Because I know there's people out there who say, yeah, I tithe, but I give to this work, this work, this work. Why would you do that? I think you should give to all those works. And Lori and I, since we've been married, have done that. We tithe to our fellowship, and then we give outside of that. But stop and think about it. This is your fellowship. This is your ministry. This is the actual ministry where you can serve, get your hands dirty, you can work. Our community. It, we're not responsible for every other community. We're responsible for this community primarily. And then we partner with others, and we do other things, and we care for the whole world. But it starts here in what the Bible would call our Jerusalem, our local hometown. And I just want to ask you, if this church, this ministry, isn't worth your tithe, then why are you here? Stop and think about that. Because you need to understand, there's no, there's no like organization that pays our bills here and we're all kind of all come. No, the, the people who pay the bills for this fellowship, by God's grace, he's our provider. But you know who he uses? People in this room. Saturday night two service Sunday. that's who supports this work and i just have a question for us i mean and I, I don't know where you are in this issue but if everyone in this church tithe or, or supported this fellowship the way you do would we be here in six months 
That's a very, that's a very powerful and serious question. And more importantly, like Paul said, it's not about, because God, this is God's church. He's going to take care of us. You need to know that he always has. That's why we don't pass a plate. That's why we don't have to put financial pressure. But the, the issue is, if the people of this fellowship aren't walking in the covenant of the tithe, what's happening in your finances, in your home? Where are you? Because my desire is I seek, as your pastor, freedom for you. I seek that God would fill your account in heaven. I seek that you would be able to follow your heart, that you would be free financially to do the things God's put on your heart. That's my desire for you. Your financial do-over isn't found in a new plan. It's found in a new provider. And it really starts with this idea of establishing God. I'm yours. It's yours. I want to follow you. We talked in the beginning how Lot's eyes were on property while Abraham's were on a promise. Where are your eyes? Financially. I don't want any condemnation, man. I just believe God has so much for us. I want us to experience the fullness of what God has. And I talk to too many people in this fellowship and beyond who are missing it because of money. They're hung up because of resources. Lord, you are good. We trust you. My favorite old hymn is a hymn called Be Thou My Vision, and it really addresses this. Lord, you be the focus of my life. We're going to sing it. I invite you to sing. I do want to ask something. If you know there are some areas where you'd kind of like a financial do-over, as we sing this, and we're going to put it up for you, I just invite you to stand, just as a way of saying, pray for me. God, I want a financial do-over, and I want you to be my vision, and I want that to change everything.
Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Do Over. If you'd like to hear the full unedited message all over again and this series, it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're always invited to come visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times, including the new Saturday night service, also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.